Hi, I'm Shona, and this is my podcast. I'm a mum, a pre and postnatal trainer, CrossFit coach, yoga teacher, and I don't take myself or life too seriously. Enjoy my podcast. Hello and welcome to the Shona Strong podcast. I am so happy you're here. I just want to say thank you to everyone who sent me a message about last week's episode of the podcast. First of all, it is such an honour that people listen to the podcast, that people give me their ears and listen to my ramblings, Um, but also that people took the time to message me, Um, not just my clients, but other people that listen as well, messaged me saying, first of all, sending me a little hug. Um, and also messaging me saying that they identified and that they understood what I was going through and that they've gone through or going through the same thing. I think it's really, really common for us as mothers to deal with inner critics, deal with beating yourself up, with self-criticism, with feeling just not good enough and not measuring up to expectations, whether they are placed upon us by ourselves or by society or by people in our lives. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Honestly, it just made me feel a lot better. And something else that has kind of made me feel a lot better, and I'm annoyed about the fact (laughs) that it's made me feel better because I don't want my mental health problems to be kind of boiled down to the fact that I've not been doing CrossFit. (laughs) Anyway, so I haven't done really any CrossFit for a while. We closed our gym in April and I joined a new gym this week. The gym's called Fly Functional Fitness. My partner Paul's been going for a while and he loves it. It's not CrossFit, but it's maybe in the same genre. There's lots of strength training. You do lots of volume in each session. It's very sweaty. And it's just a nice vibe as well. Everyone's really friendly and like encouraging. And I was in my second session the other day and a lady just came over and helped me with my clips in the bar. And I was like, that's so nice. That's so nice. Um, And there's babies there. And I just enjoy the vibe. I really enjoy going and being around people. I can't decide if it's the being around people thing. I think it's that. It's that. Like, I'm a really sociable person. I am an extrovert. Like, I love being around people. And I find that when I am around people, I come away just feeling super energised. I know that some of you listening will be like, that is literally the opposite of me. And I fairly appreciate that. Some people can be around people all day and then just feel zapped of energy. I am the opposite. I just cherish those moments. Like, love it, love it, love it, love it. Especially being in a room full of women. Um, I also do think that my central nervous system, you're going to be like, what are you on about, Jonah? My central nervous system is used to high intensity exercise. I've been doing CrossFit for like over 10 years and been doing CrossFit workouts pretty much every week. I took time off when Cormac was born, 
obviously I took like loads of time off when he was born and didn't do CrossFit for a while there. But apart from that, I did it pretty much every week for 10 years. And that's high intensity, sweaty, hard work. And then to do that for 10 years and then stop abruptly in April, I went to Pure Gym, just been bodybuilding, have enjoyed it, but I haven't been doing anything high intensity, nothing sweaty, nothing that just like makes me drenched in sweat. And I really like that feeling. Now, I'm not saying at all that anyone has to do that. And I know some people just like not being an extrovert don't enjoy that type of exercise. But I do think my brain, my body has been conditioned to that for such a long time that it was almost a shock physically and mentally to not get that dopamine hit that really being really sweaty gives me. Um, So, I mean, it's not, there, there is one annoying thing about it. I've been kind of getting away with not showering every day. See, because I work from home, the only people that have to smell me is Paul and Cormac. Now, like, going to the gym and, like, this gym makes you sweat. It is warm as well. Like, it's quite a warm gym. But coming out fully drenched, I have to put a towel on my car so that, like, in the car seat so that I don't just, like, get the car seat all soaking wet with sweat. And I hope if Paul ever listens to it that he's doing the same because I know he comes out really sweaty as well. Um, so that is a quite annoying. Don't judge me. I have been kind of get getting away with maybe showering once every two days. Um, but I absolutely need to shower every day now. And that takes time. And it's not just a body shower. It's a head shower as well because I've got a sweaty head. I'm a, I'm a hot person. I sort of run hot. And... Um, especially like in this summer I've just been so warm all the time and I do sweat quite easily which is healthy nothing wrong with that if anyone's listening and they sweat a lot it's healthy um so yeah back to what I was saying I don't want to be like yeah my mental health problems have all been down to the fact that I've not been doing high intensity exercise because it's not (laughs) I think that being around people as well is, is a key part of what I've been missing because I can go days where my own, my only sort of like conversations are with Paul and Cormac. Um, I'll have a phone calls with clients. I'll have Zoom calls with clients. But I just need to be be in the presence of people. So I'm I'm actively seeking that out. I'm being proactive with my mental health here, guys. And of course, the therapy and working on my inner critic and working on self criticism and self-compassion and all the good stuff that I expect you listening to this are working on too. So it really did mean the world that some of you are messaging me and saying nice things. So thank you. I am feeling a little bit better this week and I realise how lucky I am to have all these wonderful people around me and I think it's really good for people to see that not everyone, despite what social media might make you think, people's lives aren't wonderful and rosy and positive and super great all the time. Like, everyone has their shit. Everyone's got stuff that they're struggling with. And interestingly enough, I was really nervous about putting that podcast out there because as a coach, as 
almost someone in a slight position of authority, especially with my clients and like putting myself out there as someone to work with and, and get guidance from in certain areas of life. You do worry that like showing vulnerability and showing quote unquote your softer, weaker side, don't like using the word weak, but you know, you know what I mean, can make people think, oh no, she's not got her shit together. But I would argue that, like, I would never look at anyone else, anyone else that has struggles with their mental health and think that they don't have their shit together. Um, so yeah, it's funny how one of the things that I've been struggling with is like allowing, having compassion for people that I work with and and not holding other people to the standard that I'm holding myself to. But anyway, I've listened to this podcast uh, by a guy called Adam Grant. Adam Grant is a occupational psychologist. I don't know if, no, organizational psychologist. So basically what he does is he works with companies, with businesses, with CEOs, on their sort of relationship so he's almost like a relationship therapist but in that sort of business setting and one of his podcasts was about how powerful vulnerability can be and that CEOs that show vulnerability to their staff as in they accept feedback and criticism and put their hands up and say yeah like I've made a mistake I've done this thing wrong or this is something that I need to work on those CEOs have so much more trust from their staff from the people that work underneath them than CEOs that just never show any vulnerability ever so I think that um while we think that we need to wait for trust to be there in a relationship to show vulnerability in fact it's the other way around once you show that vulnerability that's where you gain trust if you're a personal trainer and coach listening to this I I do see value in showing that side of you to your clients I think about all the times that my clients have shared things with me that are really personal to them and how much of an honour that is that they choose to share that with me it shows that they trust me and I think it builds that relationship I think about the times where someone that I don't really know that well or I'm getting to know shares something with me and how touched I am that they feel safe in my presence to share that with me it's honestly such an honour as a friend as a coach so Just something to to think about in your own life. Like, what's your relationship with vulnerability? It's definitely something that I struggle with. And we we can unpack that or we don't have to unpack that. I think a lot of it comes from, you know, trying to be someone who has it all or trying to be the best mum or trying to win at life. Like, what the fuck does that even mean? Um... Maybe I've been in situations where vulnerability, emotions, that's been criticised or shown as not favourable. I think that's really, really common (laughs) in the generation that we grew up in, in the school, in school and university, all that stuff. Like being strong and 
being, um, you know, stiff upper lip, very British thing. Uh, so yeah, something to something to think about. Something that I'm, um, definitely pondering over recently. But anyway, talking about being in spaces with lots of women and feeling energized at the weekend, I had our our me and Rosie had our floors, cores, and more first event in air at Flo's Fitness Boutique. We had a lovely group of women there and it was such a huge success. We've had messages from the people taking part saying that they've had pelvic floor symptoms before they attended the event and by the next day, so our event was on Sunday, on Monday they are feeling that they're going away and that they can work on them. They have tools, they have um, techniques, uh, things that they can use to address this, whether this is things in the gym or just things in daily life. And yeah, that makes me feel so happy. And that's that's really exactly what Rosie and I wanted to achieve with that event. So we will be doing another one very soon. We're just going to keep going with them because it was awesome. And if we can keep spreading the word that your fanny does not need to get in the way of your life and your athleticism. That's that's going to be great. So probably Glasgow is going to be where we have our next ones. Um, we're going to be reaching out to a few gyms. Or even if you are a gym owner, you're a coach, uh, contact us. We would love to come to your gym and work with you and your members. What was great is that the people there were a real mix. We had... A pregnant person, we had someone who's four weeks postnatal, we had uh, someone who's maybe 18 months postnatal, we had uh, quite a lot of perimenopausal uh, people and then there was also yoga teachers, physiotherapists and personal trainers. So that is, that's awesome and everyone can get involved and share their experiences and it was a really it was a kind of collaborative event. It wasn't just me and Rosie talking. We were we were getting a lot of uh, feedback from the people taking part. We were, we were learning from each other. So it was just wonderful. Two people in particular I'm thinking a bit about and have inspired me to talk a little bit. One of the people that was there was pregnant. She's 20, she is pregnant, sorry. She's 25 weeks pregnant and we were about to take part in like an exercise where we're getting everyone to jump on the spot and try different things and she came up to me and said I've been told I'm not allowed to jump and I was like all right okay why is that and she said because I'm pregnant and I said okay um who told you that it was the coach at her gym and I asked a few more questions and it turned out that there was no reason for her being told not to jump it was just that her coach had I don't know, heard somewhere that pregnant people aren't allowed to jump. The only reason I can think of why someone would say don't jump is it being protective over the pelvic floor. I would say that that would only be the case if you were feeling heaviness, like if you felt when you jumped that it put a lot of pressure on your bladder, it put a lot of pressure on your pelvic floor and it didn't feel comfortable. That was not the case for this person. She was 
able to jump on the spot and not feel any issues. And what I think is is particularly kind of worrying about people putting that message out there. So coaches who have heard something or read something or I don't know, have like a non-evidence-based rule that they have for pregnancy or postpartum is that putting that out there can create a lot of fear of movement and fear of changing body because the thing is with jumping is jumping's not just like it, it might seem quite innocuous to say oh just don't jump but we can conflate jumping with lots of other impact exercises so what might happen is a pink person's told don't jump and she's like right okay well I'm not allowed to jump I'm also not allowed to like let my feet leave the floor I'm not allowed to have any impact so that cuts out dancing it cuts out running after a toddler it cuts out running it cuts out like maybe being jumping about and playing with other children it cuts out like rushing for a bus it cuts out a lot of things that a a person might enjoy and B, might be required just to literally live your life. I think that can be really dangerous because the last thing we want when someone's pregnant is to make them scared of their movement or scared of moving or scared of, you know, doing something that that can actually bring so many benefits. We know that exercise during pregnancy is so important for a healthy body during pregnancy Um, It can be great for mental health. It can be great for aches and pains. It is so important. So if if there's coaches out there that are, you know, throwing out hard and fast rules when it comes to pregnancy, that's that's really worrying and kind of why I do what I do. If you go to my Instagram, I made a very simple flowchart and it's it's a it's a couple of questions that you can ask yourself when it comes to an exercise. Um, if you're like not sure if you should be doing it while you're pregnant, now you can ask yourself this question first of all: Does it cause symptoms? Does it cause heaviness in the pelvic floor and the bladder? Does it cause you to have incontinence, leaking, or even fecal incontinence? Is it causing discomfort? is it causing pain, right? So you can ask yourself that question first. If you answer no to that, then probably the next question I would ask is, does it have a risk of falling or getting hit? So maybe you're thinking, I wanna do a box jump, right? You do a couple of box jumps and you don't feel any symptoms, it feels great. But it's a really high box and you're pregnant and there is a risk of falling or you know you know having some sort of like impact on your bump so then you can ask yourself does it have a risk of falling or getting hit and then if it does yes are you fully 100% confident that you can do that exercise and not fall or get hit and if you can answer yes to that question then go for it if you're not sure, if you're feeling maybe a little bit unsteady on your feet, maybe you're having a day where you're not, your balance isn't quite there and, and pregnancy does cause that, it does affect your balance, but equally some days you have better balance than others. So it might be today I'm not feeling particularly steady on my feet, 
and it might be that tomorrow I'm feeling a lot better. So ask yourself that question. Now, the the next thing I would say is, going back to the original question, does it cause symptoms? If it does, and you're still really keen to do the movement, because that's another question, it could be, it's causing symptoms, I'm not that bothered about doing the movement, I'm gonna do something else, and in fact, that happened to me, I had to stop running at 16 weeks pregnant. That's really early. It might seem really early to you. Um, it seemed early to me, but I felt that it was just really heavy on my bladder and I didn't enjoy the sensation. Didn't particularly enjoy running either at the time. And I was like, I'm totally happy with not running anymore during my pregnancy. But some people, that might be different. It might be that I'm really keen to run and I'm feeling symptoms. So what I would ask is can we adapt the movement to address the symptoms? Can we make a change right now to address it? And it could be something like, if you are wanting to run, could you only run up hills? Could you quicken your pace as in take shorter steps? Because we know if we take longer steps, then we're putting more pressure through the pelvic floor, so shorter steps could address that. Could you run shorter distances, maybe do 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off? Um, and that applies to all exercises. So if it was, um, you know, a back squat, could you reduce the load? Could you change your stance? Could you move your feet closer together or wider apart? Could you have one foot in front of the other, which is maybe quite weird for a squat, but it might work for you. Could you work on the tempo, slow it down, speed it up? Could you change the position of your body? Could you send your chest forward or pull your chest back or tuck your chin under? There's lots of things that you can change that might alleviate the symptoms. You might feel, oh, right, I just made this small change and I'm not feeling symptoms anymore. And if that's the case, then yes, you can continue with that movement. If you're trying to adapt and you're still feeling those symptoms, then no. Let's find, let's find another movement. And there's lots of ways that we can still work the same muscles and have a similar outcome from the exercise and not do something that is potentially damaging to our pelvic floor. This little flow chart could probably be applied to about 99% of exercises. There's certain exercises that will not really apply to this and I actually put it up my stories and the first one I got was pull-ups. The concern about pull-ups and actually any sort of gymnastics, because gymnastics was another one that I got asked, is the coning. Now I think I made a full episode about coning during pregnancy. Um, If you scroll down, let me pause a second. Yeah, actually episode 63, which is just a couple of episodes ago, the one where I had, uh, I was on Haley's podcast. We talked a little bit about that. So you can listen to that and, and hear my thoughts on coning. Um, but that, that one's, that one really is up for debate. And I would say with gymnastics and pull-ups and toes to bar and anything that puts a lot of pressure through the core where you're having to uh, use your core a lot and putting pressure through the midline, I would say they're probably fine for early pregnancy, but as you get more and more pregnant and you are unable to 
control the pressure maybe there's a lot of coning and doming happening and then also like if with gymnastics there's the risk of falling as well and with all these things you kind of have to ask yourself like what what is the reward here and what is the risk what am I getting out of this is it just that it's stroking my ego that me as someone who's 30 weeks pregnant can still do a pull-up I mean it's it's really and truly up to you. It's not something that I ever tell anyone, yes, you can do that. No, you can't. But go to the flow chart. If you're still unsure about the exercise, send me a message and we can always discuss it together. Sometimes it's actually helpful just to have someone to talk you through these things. It's kind of like a financial advisor or a mortgage advisor. Paul's, Paul's a mortgage broker I don't think more, Paul, he might disagree with me, I don't think he's allowed to tell you exactly what you have to do. He can give you loads of options and tell you all about what's going on with mortgages and uh, present you all your options and all the uh, pros and cons and then you make the decision. It's kind of the same, you know, with pregnancy and exercise, uh, with mortgages. <laughs> Probably not the greatest analogy, but here we are. The other person I wanted to talk about was a really lovely lady who has a prolapse and she has a pessary fitted. Now, a pessary is a device, it's like a little rubber device and you get them in all different shapes and sizes depending on type of prolapse and it's placed up into your vagina and all it does is provide support for the organs in there and some people use it all the time so they have their pessary in all the hours of the day and that's perfectly fine and some people just have it there for exercise when they're needing that little bit of extra support. Now this lady had this pessary fitted and was also told at the pessary clinic that she was to avoid all types of exercise that could quote-unquote make her prolapse worse and that was heavy lifting running, hit classes, impact, blah, 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 blah. So I think all you're really left with there is like, you know, Tai Chi or something, yoga. And if you don't enjoy that type of exercise, then you're kind of screwed. And I, I just, these sorts of stories make me really sad because first of all, it's really horrible when having the, the prolapse diagnosis. Not everyone feels as strongly about it some people are like all right okay that's that's what I've got and some people it really does impact their mental health now to be given that diagnosis dealing with a prolapse having a pessary fitted which might have its own set of emotions attached with it as well and then being told that you can't do all this exercise it's just really miserable and it makes me really mad because it's just not true like the fact that she's got this pessary providing support that's that's what it's for it's it's to provide support so that you can live your life and you don't feel the heaviness and you you can do all the types of exercise that you enjoy and what we were we were teaching people at the weekend was how to control their breathing control the pressure we talked all about bracing and valsalva maneuver and bearing down and all the different techniques that people could use to uh, you know spread the load 
when they're heavy lifting so it's not putting pressure down through the pelvic floor. And then of course, spoken about it at length earlier in this podcast, we were also talking about ways that we can change things so that we're not feeling symptoms. And and that would be like a whole range of things. And ultimately it's just, you know, try something different. So by the end of the session, this lady was running up and down. She was picking up weights, putting them over her head, doing deadlifts. She was doing farmer's carries. And you know what? Everything was fine. Everything was fine. That is that is what we're, we're holding people back from by, you know, throwing out this misinformation. Like the, the smile on her face afterwards, the connection she had with all those other people who were exercising because it was like little team workouts. That's what we're holding people back from and that's what we want to get people into because it's just so good for them. You can tell I'm, I'm really, really passionate about this. It's, it's, it's what, you know, gets me through. It's what, what I love about life is, is having these moments where the penny drops and people are like, yes, this is for me. I don't need to hold back. I can do this. <sighs> anyway. This has been a bit of a mishmash podcast. I actually wanted to talk about something else completely as well. Um, But we're almost half an hour in and I've not got to it. So great, I've got another podcast episode to record. Have a wonderful day. And if you've ever got any questions or want to get in touch with me about coaching, working with me, I would absolutely love to hear from you. Feel free to send me a message on my Instagram at Shona Strong or you can head over to my website shonastrong.com. Have a wonderful day. Bye.